0: back six pack lap it at Um, we got co-hosting today my man rory lynch from new zealand and uh, if you're listening make sure i'm terrible at doing this make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to the platform uh listening to the podcast obviously give us high ratings and um today we got shane nutt fresh off of his dramatic collegiate victory in the 93 kilo class and, um, absolutely. I mean, it's a big storyline, not only for yourself, Shane, correct me if I'm wrong. This is your, this was your last year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't it, it was my, was my last year. Your last year.
0: And you always, everyone wants to end it. If this is like the Michael Jordan last dance, and this is where it's applicable in a couple different ways. It's literally the last dance from you for you. And you want to win and leave on a high note for sure it couldn't have, I'm going to get you to tell the story in a second, but it couldn't have been more dramatic. It's probably the best battle that happened at the collegiate nationals at that level. But there's also just like Jordan bowl, the last dance comparisons. This is a dynasty. You guys Midland swept men's raw men's equipped women's raw women's equipped. And you guys are a star studded. We're talking Austin Perkins, Chloe Dublin, uh, Pena yourself. I mean, it's just, it's an all-star cast of, of juniors that all th- doing things in the world we haven't seen yet, breaking records, etc. Um, so it was special. And this is, and it's kind of sad because it's coming to, it's like an end of an era almost, but, um, what were your thoughts leading into this? Did you feel that? What, what was your thoughts leading into these collegiate nationals before it began?
1: You know, it, <sighs> It wasn't. It didn't really reach, you know, peak realization till the end, because it, it all came together, right? But I knew that when I was moving up weight class, that I was excited, and I was excited because powerlifting has always been the same for me the past two years being in college in '83 and cutting weight, and you know, it's, it's always like I'm gonna have to pull for the win. That's always what it is, every single meet, and. And going into this meet, that's, that's basically what my mentality was. And knowing that we could clinch that, you know, that full sweep, like I knew that I had to show up and it it wasn't just for me because I knew that I'd been working for three straight years for me, but I knew I was, it was part of a bigger picture. Is it, do you feel extra pressure when it is kind
0: of like a big, like when you're part of a dynasty, you know, your teammates are crushing it. You don't feel
1: extra pressure. You don't like, we're built different, man. <laughs> We're bred differently here. And people don't realize the advantages we have here. Um, Speak on that. What, what are some of these advantages? Why are you guys so dominant? We have, we, we began with a lot of star athletes. And I, I know that that brought a lot of attention to Midland in the beginning. But we started in a shed, this twice the size of my room right now. And I'm sitting in about a 12 by 12 room. And now we're in a facility that is three times, four times the size. And the coaches are are constantly working at making it a meat specific training regimen. So we're constantly in meat, like meat mode. Like there's no, like, you know how a lot of people, there's always like, oh, well, like deadlift or not deadlift bars, my bad. Uh, this bar and this bar, these plates, this gym. It's like, no, we're at the same place working every single day in the same exact position environmentally that we're going to be in a meat condition. And that, and surrounded by world-class athletes in powerlifting, that is just, you cannot ask for any more than that. On top of that, our school literally schedules classes around powerlifting. It's sports. No, they no say way, like, dude. Yes. They, you know, you know, you're a student athlete. That's true, but they make that. So it's just it, the dynamic of it is just awesome. All classes generally end at two, two o'clock at Midland practices usually start around three o'clock. They make sure that there's very, very, so unless you're a senior, you're going to have, you're not going to have any night classes. Like I'm a senior and I have one night class and it still doesn't interfere with my practice.
0: It's crazy, your teachers are like, "He's Shane's gonna miss his anabolic window if we don't get him in there by two. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. They're like, oh, this is literally powerlifting you. I'm sitting uh, there eating, no. <laughs> it was, it's, I was joking, like obviously on Netflix, they have those shows like um, Last Chance you, Not like this isn't quite like last chance type situation, but how it shows those docu-flick series where you're falling around like a basketball team, a football team, but in terms of powerlifting, like a college powerlifting, this is, this is as close as we got, you know, to follow you guys around, especially it's interesting to hear how you said, how you guys started and then how you finished off. Like when you first started going to Midland, were you guys, was Midland, forgive me for now, we no one, but was Midland a
1: powerlifting dynasty yet? Yeah. So when I came in, it was 2018 and they had just won 2018 um, collegiate nationals. I believe that's what it was. Yeah. So Cause then I went on that following year and we won our second championship men's raw. So, I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't say that it had started, you know, we had won, And then Tim Anderson, our coach had this, you know, his, his dream per se. He's like, I want I want a full sweep. Every team meeting we had, I want a full sweep. That's the goal. And I will tell you right now, let me just, let me just list off. The, the national champions, yeah, and they're not seniors. Okay, that most of these guys aren't seniors. So, national champions we have Natalie first, Amber signs first, Charles Schuford first, Wilk, Jordan Wilkerson first, In Cusack first, Aliyah Portoraz first, Lacey Pender first, Austin he's, a, he's not a senior first, Jerry not a senior first, Marissa Lutz first. Chloe, senior, me, senior, Alexis Jones, freshman, and then Joe Pena. Those are all the first places. It's insane, dude. And that in itself is longer than the second places and the third places that we all had.
0: <laughs> so Tim,
1: Tim knows how to recruit, you know? <laughs> what, what,
0: so there was actually recruiting for this? They're, oh, yeah. They're, dude, this is so wild.
1: This, this is like a legit university sports then. Absolutely. And they spend a lot of time doing it. And they, you know, and it's just like, you know other colleges like, oh, you guys pay. Like dude, I don't pay any more than the average D2 college with like fast and everything. It's not that serious. Like it really, it really is about the hard work and the coaches too. And obviously we have a great facility, so it's hard but, but there's other factors that, you know people don't just take in consideration the price point in the, in the powerlifting, they look at the university where they're going to live, what they're going to eat, who are their teachers, what are our majors. So like, I hate when people say that stuff because every, every college is going to have, you know, like really good points, really, really bad points, but like, you know, don't bash on us and, and and just kind of like try to discount our achievements because you really don't know, like, it's not easy. (laughs) If you went through my three years the reason why we have so few seniors is because we've had so many down points. People have left. And really? Why were yeah. they leaving? What's that? Why were they leaving? We have some interpersonal, uh, like, problems, and, and you know, just like every university does. But like, and you know, a lot of people don't like it here just because it's in the middle of nowhere, and they mm-hmm. get homesick too. And that's another, you know, another point. So like, it's a lot of hard work because you may get this star athlete that comes in first semester, kills it, wins nationals and says, I miss home and then leaves. Mm. It's a really hard position to be in. When you first started at
0: 18, so who was some of the, was, was there big name stars already at
1: Midland? Uh, yeah. I mean, I had known Dawson Wynnum. I had known, um, Joe Pena, obviously, everyone, everyone's like, I, I was always told I'm like, you know Joe Pena, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to school with. He's going to stick out like best a, friends. Well, man, he's <laughs> going to stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, man, um, Joe Dell Patino, um, you know, just off the top of my head, we had Josh Josh Peridot as well. Um. But yeah, that that's off the top of my head, you know, the already like world champions and stuff like that. But a lot of really high class um, athletes came in the year I came in, which is the year that Austin came in, Chloe came in, Rob Sines came in, um, and so on and so forth. So, and when you when you first
0: got there, Rory, sir, would you just raise your hand? And you can say something.
2: I was gonna say, how did you how did you end up at Midland? Like, what? <laughs> did, did you get recruited did you did you pick it based on your on your major you know you said it's in the middle of nowhere and it's you know but
1: funny story and this might lead into our, probably our next topic but um so I was just obviously a senior in high school I was playing football I played football for eight years and I had gone against Austin Perkins my junior year equipped I started off I did two years equipped um I cut weight to 74 it's so literally the same height I am now And just for just to disclose, Austin hasn't changed in height. Hey man. Whoa. whoa. Boom. (laughs) Um, But he was scouting. um, He was scouting Austin Perkins. Tim was scouting Austin Perkins at high school nationals our junior year. And they were like, Tim, Tim miraculously sat next to my parents and I was, I was, I was supposed to win by like 20, 30 kilos. And he he's sitting next to the my parents and he didn't know my and they're he's like oh you're my parents were like oh yeah you're you're like a coach from midland university he's like yeah i'm looking for this guy he's he's got a big deadlift (laughs) and um they're like what's his what's his name he's like shane they're like oh that's our son (laughs) so if it wasn't for that moment i i know i I don't want to say that i wouldn't have never came just because you wouldn't ever see me but um you know, that's when it was like, that's kind of like start. It was kind of like, like to be, but I ended up, he ended up not re- like keeping an eye on me, but then he really looked at Austin because Austin won. Right. And then Austin went to worlds that year and won. Um, and then my senior year, he kept an eye on me. And then I went to raw and I moved up um, to 83s and I was a number one, 83 prospect. And um, I had broken my leg. Oh, damn. <laughs> And Tim stuck with me. Like I literally was going to lose my foot. I, I dislocated my ankle like backwards. and Oh my God. What broke the hell my, yeah. Broke my fibula in like game three. And it, it was, they told me I was pretty close to losing my foot. Cause it was, it was bad. And uh, so <laughs> regardless of fact, I told, I called Tim like literally a couple of days after and I go, Tim, I broke my leg in a freak football accident. I dislocated it, this and that. And I go like, I, I don't know if, if you're going to still take me, but like, I'm definitely going to work hard and, and try to get back to where I was. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't in good shape. I didn't train for six months. And, um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you on. Cause I know you got really good work ethic. And, you know, I was like, sweet. And I ended up going my freshman year and that's, I won
2: nationals.
0: On your so.
1: freshman year. Yeah, I won cle- I run one raw nationals that fall. Wow. sorry,
2: you came out of breaking your fibula and having your ankle just look at it and then you squatted 260.5 yeah. for a record and you won.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's pretty that- wild, man.
0: You got Wolverine recuperative. Obsessed. You got Wolverine
1: recuperative powers, dude. That's what happens when you're a teenager. Enjoy it. It's
2: <laughs> it
0: feels- exactly
1: I mean, all I had to do was I mean, what do you what do you go you go to high school, you come back, and you're just lifting. You don't know, gotta worry about bills, you don't worry about working I mean I worked at the time but still you know what I mean it's not the same as it is now but but yeah you're absolutely right like it was easy to stay disciplined and easy to stay motivated so but yeah that I put in I remember that I put in a lot of rehab work I didn't go to physical therapy because they told me I didn't need it and at the time I didn't know any better but now that I'm graduating with a human performance exercise science major I probably should have gone you're
0: like you know looking back if I could have helped myself. When right. you first started then, um, did you, this was when you first started meeting everybody. I, I mean, I'm just trying to picture walking into this, essentially powerlifting you. And do, I would been a little taken back, like a little intimidated being the new guy and, and obviously the reputation and all the big names in the room and new people as well. Like what was your first impression meeting, Chloe? Your first impression meeting, Austin? When, okay. um, <laughs> So rough
1: signed and he hates every time I bring this up to people because everyone asks like how, how did you guys all meet and um so we went to after our like orientation and stuff like you're like a welcome week or whatever you know how every college just has it we ended up going to the weight room like for the first time and we're all like you know doing our little like thing doing whatever everyone's just kind of like showboating a little bit and <laughs> you know doing their thing and all of a sudden like the first person I met was Rob Rob turns around. I obviously didn't, never didn't know him, never met, never heard of him. And he goes, flips his belt. I'm the new 59 in town. And I go, wait, isn't Cole Metz here? <laughs> but that uh, that energy caught on to me so hard because I was like, I like this kid. Like I, <laughs> especially 59, it makes it cute. Isn't it? Is that you're like this
2: I'm kid's the new adorable.
0: In
1: town. Yeah. Wait,
0: Cole I'm Metz is on. Yeah, yeah cole metz is on the team as well
1: yeah but he just oh, hasn't man. been in the game just because he, he t- I, I don't know if i should say it because of fair I mean, but he's dealing. so
0: Dude, He's injured okay, cole's, he's, a- he's cole's injured. another national champion who's gone the worlds and like damn man it feels like you guys got all your your school is so stacked did mm-hmm. you guys when you hopped in there did you realize what you're walking into like it's so weird you'd be looking around the room not mm-hmm. really like Austin, Chloe, yourself, Colton, none of you got Penna hadn't done what you're about to do yet.
1: No. And are no, you, and what's it was, the vibe it was it, This is why it's like a dream because when we first came in and collegiate powerlifting was like, I mean, it's big, but now, I mean, now that I'm part of like a, a dynasty team, it's just like we realize that how much has gone into it, 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 it. Originally, man, it was just nothing like you would imagine. And it was, it was really disorganized and really like, it was just not what it is now. And we went through all the growing pains of doing that. And all of it is just, it's just, it's so good now. The, t- the, the coaches are um, Mike Zawalinski and, um, and Tim have done so well at, you know, going from a 20 lifter, not even a 20 lifter team to 75, 80 kids. And that's really, that's a big plate. Um, so it's been really challenging and seeing like being a part of it it, it growing and going through some really bad spots to where it is now like it 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 is truly like a dream it's it's awesome Uh, so how would they like who's doing the programming
0: are they doing do you have your own personal coaches or are they just like technique coaches and just how
1: does how does it work let me touch on that so and that's part of like the growing pains that we went to so Freshman year, when you have twin kids, you know, there's, there was a lot of good coaches coaching some of the athletes. I was self-coached. I still am self-coached. But um, we had the opportunity, the privilege, I should say to a couple of us. Anyway, he was very lenient about like, okay, like as long as I'm the coach here, like at nationals, this and that, like, it's fine. Um, And I think like, couple of the seniors ended up they were always on tim's programming but it it was it was kind of all over the place everyone was kind of like i have a coach or you know but and that made practice pretty disorganized we just never really realized it because there's only 20 kids it's everyone's got the same energy but when you have so many which i'm going to touch on here in a second we went from doing that to okay tim was like sophomore year he's like yeah you have to be on my programs and which is good because in terms of environment aspect of training if some guys over here doing a max out some guys over here doing bench some guys over here doing squat it's all over the place, fro- and, the, and it just feels like an open jungle gym it's weird it's weird and like the in it's not like the tight-knit community that you want because a big thing too was was music headphones and tim hated it when people were wearing headphones and oh no tim came up to you and he's trying to talk to you and you don't you don't hear him or whatever like he's just like that's it <laughs> i'm done but the biggest thing too is like when you have headphones on you're not paying attention to everybody else you're in the zone but you, that's not what happens in a competition yeah the it's only thing not. is when so I he took know, those out
0: When I listen to music though, like um, I noticed I could push more weight and get more. Like it's true that in competition day, you don't have headphones, but if the whole rest of the year, you're shifting a little more weight and you're a little more keyed up, you could be stronger, shifting more weight throughout the year. And then competition day, you're so full of adrenaline. You could be talking to me, I won't hear nothing, anyways. You know what I mean?
2: Like, right, but it takes you out of the community, right? And like part of part of right. lifting as a group like that is that the is the community aspect. That
1: was the main point. But being a senior and learning that I, I I stopped learning listening to music, Um like it really, it really pushes you to go through the lows of powerlifting because everyone's got that pick me up when shit goes bad. You mm-hmm. know, oh like, I'm I'm just gonna blare this music. I'm gonna hit nose torque. I'm gonna um, you know, it, it, they're trying to find something that helps them, you know, supplements their performance on the, on that day. But what happens on meet day when you're having a bad day and you can't wear your headphones on the platform, you don't know how to deal with it. You're confused emotionally spec- you know, the basic rule of specificity in terms of training, like you want it to be as specific as possible to when you're actually going to perform. So why not do that? And I don't trust me. I knocked it. Everyone knocked it. I hated. it. I was like, this is God, dumb. I'm going to be God honest with was you. This is my hollow front. bullshit. This
0: is like footloose when I don't know the movie footloose. This is the eighties. I'm showing my age here. But when the mayor's like, no more dancing, no dancing in this, in this town, because you know, this is like, this is like, if, if Tim said, <laughs> if Tim, I, we'll get to it later. When Tim found out you're dating Chloe and he's like, no, there. these are breaking all my rules. No dancing, no dating, no, no fun.
1: Well, no PDA. I was like, you know, I agree with that because when you're in training, you want to be – you can't be distracted by yeah. a beautiful woman. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, I get yeah, there was, there was some guidelines laid down for that, and, and it, it got to the point where Tim was like, all right, I can't tell you what to do and what not to do, but don't date anyone on the team. <laughs> what? No <laughs> shit. it always turns into – Because you could break up. Well, Chloe you and I – Exactly. And that's happened every single year sure. to about 95% of the relationships. And I was actually, it was, I was going to say, I was going to say 95, it's about 99. Cause I'm pretty sure Chloe and I are the only people that have lasted this long.
0: Who dates their teenage, who marries and lives for us for life with their teenage sweetheart? Very few people, man. Very few people. So I get where he's like, fuck me. And and when you're a teenager and you break up, it gets doggy. It can get ugly yeah you know
1: what I'm i mean saying? we
2: yeah. know coaches who like who won't that's a take uh, who... other
1: podcast <laughs>
2: <laughs> what were you gonna say rory oh like we know coaches who who refuse to coach couples right like because they, yeah. they don't want to have to deal with it if when things go sour
1: yeah man yeah i um, mean you just don't know how to deal with it
0: you know so so what was um what, what was his take on that Well, how did? Okay, first off, because I don't want to skip along too far back. So, like, like in terms of this storyline. But, um, so all right, no music. That's a tough one. I'm still not sold on it, but fine. Okay, because look at proofs in the pudding, and you guys obviously, who the fuck am I gonna say? So, you guys, you guys (laughs) did run a dynasty. So, all right, it works. Um, then when you started seeing, all of a sudden, you saw Chloe. She sees you.
1: oh we're in the love story now how did you guys let me let me let me (laughs) me drive this bus damn (laughs) okay yeah yeah drive this bus i had just gotten out of like like you said childhood sweetheart relationship (laughs) like talking six seven years kind of a little bit on and off and you know i had i had my heart set on this girl and after that was kind of going bad man um i had left and i'm not gonna get too into it because it's it's a huge deep story but um after I left, I had known, I was like, this isn't going to be good. Like then it, it was things were going good right before I left and went Pew! <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't do this anymore. And then, um, that may or may have not been in sequence when I had met Chloe, but we, the relationship was broken. It was so messed up. It was just tattered and it was definition toxic. And I ignored Chloe the, the day that I was in that gym when I, you know, I talk, I was talking about everybody was just kind of in there and I met Rob and um, I ignored her. She talked to my brother first actually. Cause I was like, I, I had known that she was going here. I knew she was, she was cute. She was I, was, I knew she was a nice girl and she was like a, she was Chloe Dublin. Right. So I'm like, nah, not doing it. I'm done. I'm focused on me. I came to Midland university powerlifting to focus on powerlifting. None of this and that turned so south
2: <laughs> then bench day that lost how long did came? that last <laughs> then,
1: that last? then tuesday was like, bench day and you're I like, like damn what the hell is on that like you know so yeah and then i met her but long story short i i, I got to know her really really well and we were dating within two weeks so oh, snap man yeah, was this when you saw her bench press is that when you knew
0: I yeah, heard really? about
1: her bench press, man. You know what's really impressive? Rob signs is on her back, and she's doing ab rollouts. God damn! Well, that was it. I that's from that. Like,
0: you we, you hopped on the phone and broke up with your girlfriend that day. You went home. You went. I, I said, "This is done. This <laughs> is done, man." Yeah. I said, this girl's benching two plates. And Not that's you. It?
2: It's me. That's right. Yeah. That's
1: like you know how much of a flex that is because I'm telling people like if I tell people I bench 275, they're like, "Oh, nice." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, this is my girlfriend." She's like, what are they lit? What does she lift? I'm like, 275. Like that's, you know, Chloe has hit 276 in training. So I'm like. Dude, you know? I, I, I
0: remember talking, I had Ida Ron uh, from Sweden on and um, her and Chloe had, had battled in Sweden. And I was talking about in the squats they were battling and she didn't know who Chloe was at all. And um, I, I put the clip out on, on the KOTL uh, Instagram page. She said, so we're good. We're battling it out. And in, 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 um, squats is tight, but I'm like, all right. Me and my coach is like, okay, this is going good. And then she was, then bench press came. <laughs> and then she was like, what the fuck was that? She was like, holy shit. We are going to have to do a Hail Mary in the deadlift because, oh my God, does Chloe have a bench on her? And I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. She was, uh, yeah. But um, so so Tim's early reaction when you started dating Chloe... Within two weeks there. So he's probably thinking, God damn it, guys. You're two weeks in, and you're you like, know, I love her. I love her, man. I
1: love her. I'm going to marry her. We almost have the same Wilkes. Um, <laughs> you say, you're talking like that. And that was a lie. We did not have the same Wilkes. <laughs> um, and what even is that anymore? Um, right. right. You know, he didn't know about it. Um, I'm pretty sure. But Oh, dude, sneaking it makes it even better, doesn't it? Well, did did you have to have sneak it? Know about it at the time? He didn't care because there was already a bunch of Joe was already engaged. You know, um, there was a bunch of other people on the team. I'm sure had relationships or something like that. And it got to the point where like it started interfering. Like freshman year, when like people started dating, and then boom, my like, blow ups and like th- yeah. And Tim's like, we can't have that. This isn't high school because it showed that like people could they they were dating but they couldn't maturely handle it you know and like that's fine I'm not saying everyone's got their own their own you know everyone grows differently or whatever but like he's like I'm not there's no chance like if you're going to be dating you have to let me know because and Chloe is a team captain and Joe's been a team captain since the start of this thing so you have to let a team captain know about it and I mean Chloe was she's a team captain now and that's how it's regulated now so it's just so we know the inside scoop of everything so tim doesn't have to deal with it because he really should not have to deal with it yeah
2: tim is going to listen to this interview and he's going to text you and he's going to be like i knew, like you thought you were being sneaky but i knew
1: he's he's gonna listen to this but i mean i will disclose anything that i say regardless of him listening i I, i'm gonna say the truth so yeah yeah it is what it is. I mean, obviously all's well that ends well. Yeah, because I literally have nothing but you know
0: respect for him, the utmost respect for him. So it's look at hats off to the, the dude, it's not easy managing, you know, you got up to like 70 teenagers, people in early 20s. You know, that is not easy. And I remember when I was that age and like my buddies were that age and dating and like all that was going on, like, yeah, man. Breaking up a little bit, Ryan. Am I okay? Can you get do you got me, Rory? Go back like sentence, back Like one sentence. Okay. Um, no, I rem- I was just saying, I remember when I was, you know, I think he's gone again. I'm gone again. Oh damn. There we
1: is, Maybe it's the lake house Wi-Fi.
0: It might be my freaking <laughs> Wi-Fi, dude. I just got uh let me know if I am I back right now. Oh turkey, one sec.
2: Okay, so okay, so Tim Tim says, "Hey, if you're if you're dating other people on the team, we have to know about it because we have to be able to sort of have the inside scoop about what's what's going on." Um, did it was that sort of the end of it? Like all sunshine and rainbows after that?
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's been it's been well regulated, and and another thing that we added on the team was um, a unity council. and um, people who have problems on the team. So like if there is a conflict or someone messes up like they're not supposed to, or um, they break rules or someone gets in trouble with anything, they come to a specified group of members on the team um, and they talk to us about it. And we say, we basically t- they sit in a chair in front of all eight of us and we basically just question them and say, why'd you do this? and <laughs> so on and so forth and that fixes the problem and and i love i love having that because it fixed so much leadership problems on our team and like it gave the proper authority to the people who needed that um without it being toxic because authority can oftentimes be toxic on teams
0: who who was on that council
1: um i can't say specifically but i can say that i am on it just for the sake of the people who are um because it still is ongoing but i am i am on it yeah Dog. This is a up, up. it's Sounds so how intimidating it, it's it's so fascinating to hear how this is structured. It's almost like Lord of the Flies now. It's very, <laughs> it, it, it is very organized. It we have you know we have it well, well established, but it's never going to stop. So it's never going to stop growing.
2: In in I sort of want to loop back to something from from before. Um, so you said your sophomore, sophomore Yeah, that's your that's your third year of no, so that's your second year of university. Yeah. Um, sorry, New Zealand. Don't, don't use those words. Um, (laughs) you, uh, you all had to jump onto Tim's, Tim's programming or everyone was sort of, Tim was like onto this, like what, but then you also said that you're self-coached. So what's the, what happened there?
1: So again, like I said, I had the privilege of, of being able to, to do that freshman year sophomore year. wasn't that crazy. And he was like, you know what, like, oh, make sure that you have it in my strength book, because that's how he runs all the programs. I'm like, all right, yeah, I can do that. So I ended up doing that. And, um, you know, he had trusted me enough because he's seen the work that I've done with kids and other athletes. I've, I coach 28 kids right now, and I've been coaching I, like since I literally got into college. So um it was a trust thing and he knew and we, him and I would talk about training methods and everything under the sun. And I um, obviously I have performed decently enough to be able to keep doing it for myself. And uh, but as far as like meat day handling and stuff, that's all them. I don't do anything. I have fun. And that's, that's what's amazing about it. And Tim literally changed my entire perspective of how to do that because being a coach myself, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking numbers, I'm thinking, what am I gonna do next? What am I gonna do this? What? And, and may, maybe that could have cost me, um, you know, my championship back in, uh, when I went up against Ben 4 in 2019, because I was so neurotic on, on the platform, thinking about all this stuff that Tim loves to do. This is what Tim needs to do. This is what he, this is what he does. You know, this is what he's best at. And he did that for me, my, uh, in November, um, So the 2020 collegiate's in Pennsylvania and he called all my attempts. He's like, sit down. I'm like, I'm like, all right. (laughs) He's like, don't look at the scoreboard. Don't look at anything. Let me do it. I'm like, all right. So I just, same thing, same thing happened this, this, this meet. I didn't look at anything. The only thing I knew that my attempts were, were my squats and, and benches. But even then I wasn't actually calling my numbers. They were calling my numbers deadlift. I had no idea what was on the bar. entire time my from my opener from my second to my third i just told them like hey this is what i hit in training this is what i think i'm capable of and we go from there and and it says something about you know training methods and people who they're so anal about like oh i need to hit this i need to hit this i need to hit this i was the same way but two meets in a row i'm so laid back and lenient about things you know if something happens in the gym when I'm having a bad day. Just shrug it off. I go home. I eat good food. I do my homework, and the next day I perform like I'm supposed to. And people just, dude, if you follow proper periodized programming, you are going to perform. And yes, I know that you need to have, I know that you need to have indicators of performance. That's okay, but people just overdo it. And they, and they don't they don't have enough trust in themselves or the coaches. And I was one of those people. For meet day, 100%. It's, uh, it, it
0: sounds like it's run almost like a national team where he's like, <clears throat> you do your program, you handle your training. Day of, I'll, I'll take over on the meet day. I've scouted. I know who you're going against. I have a good idea of it. And just like the national teams would do. Because that's essentially the same situation where, you know, you got people with all different – personal coaches, some people coaching themselves show up on the national team. And then it's on that national team head coaches um, that have to be like, look, this is on me now. This is my job. This is my integrity. This is my reputation. We can consult here and there, but end of the day, if we don't pull this off and obviously Tim, I mean, he's, he's carved out a dynasty. He knows what he's doing. A good now here's something that's very underrated handling game day coaching. My god, I put up a post on King of Lifts stories being like, Is game day cho- coaching overrated or underrated? And majority of people said overrated, <laughs> which is insane to me. It's like that just tells me, um, and I'm glad you were laughing like that's ridiculous, but it's true, man. It, it's like I, the only reason I could think of that is, um, King of Lifts has got it's pretty, pretty big account, so maybe a lot of people aren't like the tip of the know, spear, spear, right? Like the tip of the spear people. Are, are like the top five percenters. That's when game day coaching matters. When you're fine for national titles like you had several times, or um, you know, you're know you at worlds or whatever the heck, where most people are going to local meets. And honestly, it probably doesn't matter as much. So probably they're yeah, just not...
1: who, It doesn't matter who, you know. at that point, you're probably just going for PRs anyway. You're
0: not right. like- 100%, 100%. So that's where, um, but when you, so they, they, you would just be operating totally aloof to just how important it is to have a wizard like Tim or a guy like Rory, who's a national coach for uh, um, he's, he's been on a national team coaching for New Zealand and uh, been in battles here and there as well. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. And um, I think, so it sounds like that's almost what Tim started off trying to be all encompassing coaching and somewhat nestled into essentially like a head coach for a team on game day coaching and also trying to, you know, keep everybody on the same page and keep the workflow nicely. It's you know, it's 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 tough manage when you got seventy kids. They're starting to date each other. Uh, Penna, Penna got married, had a kid, and it's like, holy smokes, man! This is you know, th- this is real life stuff, man. This is real life. Life gets complicated, you know, and it's uh, and things happen. Um, it's interesting. And and, and tell me about also about when you met
1: like Penna and met Austin. Where were these guys at in their careers? um so I had known Austin right because I told you I already competed against him so i known him and we didn't become really really close until um I was really close with Rob throughout and I still am but and that's kind of how our, our friendship uh has mended but I didn't really come close with Austin I didn't get to actually get to know him until my sophomore year when he started hanging out with Rob and Rob was with me every day mm-hmm. so and I was like you know this guy's really cool and then you know i I've always had his back, so um, we're literally like brothers now. We're all family, like. um, But at his point in his career, we were just becoming like really good friends when he had his debut as a raw lifter, seventy four, and squatted that what five eighty four, I think, at Midland, and people were like, "Who's this dude?" (laughs) And I was like, "Yeah, that's what happens, like when you come to a good program and." you know, and Austin will tell you the same thing is the amount of potential he's always had. And it wasn't completely released until he got here and was supported by people um, as great as, you know, the people who come to Midland. So when he won, go ahead. uh,
0: When he won collegiate worlds was when um, he, I I remember he was really on our radar because the same year he won collegiate worlds, Uh, Michael C. and Ricky Cho battled in Sweden for junior worlds. And if I'm remembering correctly, Austin's total might've been even higher than what won the junior worlds. Um, If not, it was very comparable right in the mix.
1: And you can't help but compare,
0: you know? And it's like, yeah. And I
1: remember, I remember, I had to tell you this story because Austin's best training single and deadlift going to that meet was like 620, like RP9. Yeah, and I, he was my roommate, and I had just competed, and, you know, like, I was really tired, and I, I slept through his meat on accident, and I woke up, and I saw, I don't know who posted on YouTube that he had deadlifted 672, and I refreshed the page, like, six or seven times, I was like, no, this is not 50, it, like, this has not happened, like, yeah, this is wrong. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, dude holy shit there's no way and yeah so that was the end of that and the beginning of Austin Perkins as you guys know him uh but I've always known him as the underrated <laughs> yeah well I mean for a little bit it was like that and then um
0: I remember too having the four you know essentially the four horsemen on there the the four top dogs in the <laughs> 74s it was Cho, C, um obviously Atwood and Austin and in that first, this is 2019, they actually came on twice, uh, like all four of them. And in there, Austin saying in 2019, he's like, um, I think I have 800 kilo in me as a junior. And, and I think I'm going to cross that 800 kilo front, uh, line. And Taylor started laughing. And I replayed that. Taylor, that was his, that was his honest to God reaction though. And Taylor's like, my man, you got to put all out. like, yeah. But, <laughs> if I, was I frozen? Oh, gosh, darn it. But uh, yeah, so sorry, everybody. I, I keep freezing here, but um, pick it back up. Um, I remember, yeah, like he he had, Austin had said he wanted 800. And um, like Taylor thought, man, it's, it's 50 to 60 kilo in that short a period of time is insane. And um, sure enough, man, as a junior, 800 kilo, and now rolling into the U.S. Raw Nationals, only 12 and a half kilo separates them. And like, what are we talking here? This is this is Taylor Atwood. This is the guy who was one best lifter at the last World Championships. And now Austin's going to be going toe-to-toe with him. So it's, uh, yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's an interesting what Midlands, because uh, you guys technically, will you still be in school at Midland when Nationals rolls around?
1: Oh, uh, no, I'll be done on May 8.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And, and, uh, Rory, you got a couple of questions you want to ask there too. You had said.
2: Yeah. Um, so when you're, when you're, when you're on a big team like this, um, you know, like the, the programming, uh, you know, the, the actual lifting is only like a component of what you do with a powerlifting coach, right? So like, how does the rest of that work with your team? Do you have, how does like your nutrition work with the, the, the coach and the the rest of the team? How does your recovery work? Like how, how does all of that fit together?
1: So we have, uh, let's start with nutrition for one it lacks um and it's something we're working on currently um and it just because Tim and Mike do so much just with the two of them uh I mean they're busy all the time you walk in their office and they're sitting there typing up doing what they're always busy so I mean there's times where they have to sacrifice their own lifting and they're there 12 hours in a day and um you know, as, as far as nutrition, that stuff lacks, but there's a lot of good leaders on the team who push um, basic nutrition knowledge, you know, as far as you just, you're just following the basics, um, you know, moderation and variety. Um, and having enough and then also we have some kids that maybe track some macros and stuff like that they have their own knowledge on that but for the most part everyone's pretty knowledgeable on it um the people who don't um who aren't knowledgeable on it obviously will will have those times where they're like yeah i'm like seven to eight pounds over right now like, and i don't know what a water cut is and they probably shouldn't be cutting water anyway and so that stuff lacks but it's not as bad as what i'm saying like it is it's really not a bad thing um, a lot of them are on the meal plans here at midland and it they I mean it's it's not great but there's a lot of good healthy options too um, and then as far as recovery if there's anything that goes wrong um, I'll be honest a lot of people come to me about therapy and rehab stuff just because I have uh, I'm not a professional by any means but I do have a good amount of knowledge on basic rehabilitation stuff because um, that's what I like to do um, I have like 320 <laughs> Hours of internship stuff. So, and that's not even a lot. But I'm just saying, like, I, I've been, I've been having an interest in, in physical therapy and rehab. And obviously, going my own experience, I've had my own injuries, and a lot of it is, is stuff like back, knees. Like everyone has those problems. Mm-hmm. And I've figured out, and with my lifters too. You know, we always have to innovate and make good, uh, make up um, things, rehab plans and stuff. So if, if something like that goes wrong. Um, you know, it's, it's something beyond, oh, just take next week off, take the next day off, whatever. Um, that's in terms of recovery from like injuries and stuff like that. Um, we have a chiropractor. I have to shout him out. Dr. John Barthlett out of Omaha, literally about every single person I've ever had, like ran into that had a problem at Midland in terms of injuries has gone to him and he's fixed nearly everything. He's very knowledgeable. He's very great guy. So um, you know, it's just kind of cross-reference there. So, um, but in terms of like everything else regulated, I mean, there's, I mean, what else do you really need? That's it, man. I mean, what
0: that's about, all the important stuff, right? What about for nutrition? Um, You guys save a little bit of macros for your booze or? I mean, it is college. It is college, yeah.
1: it is college I, for God's sake. You know, I can't, I can't speak on, on the people who aren't of age because I, I, uh, <laughs> I highly encourage <laughs> that they do not do that, but yeah, um, sure. I think we should we should save that topic for. I know that was a good joke, but we should save that topic for the uh, the underrated, overrated thing. Oh hell yeah! Okay,
0: <laughs> sure. I, I'm gabe.
1: You got some more I'm on cringing the- right now, man.
2: <laughs> now I heard a heard a rumor, which may or may not have been started by by Ryan, that um, all you guys live together. Um, can you talk about that? Is that is that even true, or is Ryan just oh, okay, um, like, so- feeding me bullshit in my hey- DMs again?
1: I don't know if you heard that correctly, but me, Chloe, Rob, and Austin all live together. Oh wow. Um, This entire year, we've been trying to get out of the apartments for, (sighs) Midland makes you you stay in the apartments the first two years you're there. Uh, The first one are college, or like the college, you know, freshman dorms, absolute garbage. Um, Second year you get moved into an apartment style living, still on campus still come knock on your door. And then once you get, we're off campus. Now we live in a different yeah, separate apartments and stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's just like kickback 24 seven. It's gotta be weird.
0: I'm just picturing being a fly on the wall for all these world-class power lifters on a dynasty team. And you guys like are so into powerlifting. It would seem, I mean, your girlfriend's a power lifter. You're a power, your best friends are powerlifters. It's just power lifting
1: yeah what how often you guys have conversations about powerlifting when y'all kicking it hanging out okay so here's the thing when you're submersed in an environment like this in high level athletes this is all we do 24 7 our days revolve around it like we want to spend time you know if something goes wrong or someone has a bad day that's when we really come together and talk about stuff because like we care about our, each other's performances and mental health. And and that's it. You know, my best friends are literally right here and that's, what's important, but um, I'm kind of getting off track here. But, but like I said, like once I think just the balance part of it is that you need to have separation. If you're not in the gym and you don't have anything, you know, intriguing, intriguing to say, I mean, every single day we come back, and be like oh this is girls girls practice different than guys and i was on a senior schedule so i didn't train with the team the entire year actually by the way um so you know if something oh i hit this lift today send in the group chat we'll talk about it later but like in terms of like powerlifting like it's not what everyone thinks it is we're just living life this is, <laughs> us. this is exactly this is we're just finishing college we're collegiate powerlifting is what we do and you know, they're out there watching anime right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what powerlifters do, though, dog. Come on.
0: Sounds anime. Right. That, that is, anime is like a supplement to some of these powerlifters. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. I, I, I tried it just thinking my dead too. will Yeah, exactly. I thought I tried a little animated, like I tried creatine, hoping my dead will go up or something. I don't okay. know, man. This is the way it looks like it works. Um, I, let's talk about, though, this last na- national championships going into it. Um, and we'll double back for some of these background stories as well, Roy. And I know you got some more questions there, but I do want to address that because this, with everything you've had in terms, look at when I was your age, you're just living life and you don't fully realize what's happening. And by that, let me explain. There's a moment where you look around and you're like, "I am living with my best friends. We're powerlifting. We're traveling the world, traveling the nation." We have all this following on Instagram. We're doing what we love and it's going to come to an end at some point. And you're all going to not live together. And you might even live on the opposite sides of the nation And the same guys and girls you saw every day and trained with every day and all those memories. It's going to be, it's going to be a wrap. And you're going to look back and be like, holy fuck, didn't we have it all? Didn't we have it made? You know, and it's, I know when you're in the mix of it, sometimes you, you not, not, not take it for granted, but you're living it. You're living life as you should, you're present. But there's sometimes a moment, like when you're training and prepping for your final nationals and you're like, this is it. Did you realize this is the last one? What did that feel like knowing you're prepping? This was the last dance you're prepping for. Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) yeah. You're making me cry, man. Hey, look at, so I never, I never take anything for granted. Um, just throughout my various, you know, life experience, I've, I've learned that that's the number one thing you should never do. Um, but I I knew that I, since I came here, I was going to give it my all. And I knew a lot of the people that I was with, good friends with are are going to do the same. We expect the same thing out of each other. Um, and you know it, it's 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 a beautiful thing. Like I, it's hard for me to explain it, but you know I did realize it like coming in my freshman year. And Chloe's huge on this. Chloe's very like, what's the word? Just <laughs> kind of mom. You know how moms kind of like, oh, this is your last year. Like, what are you, are you excited for this? <laughs> I don't know. I, that's just what I but I'm not like that. I just, I'm just, I'm a really like, kind of go with the flow guy. And I, I, like I said, like I have a very short term memory in terms of like, you know, training stuff. I just, I just move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. But I don't, I don't just be like, I'm not just going through emotions or anything. It's just how I compartmentalize everything. Um, And it it didn't, and I knew that, if I do that, like in the end, that's what's going to make it the best for all of us. Because for me personally, that's just how I my brain runs. Is I, I need to have everything daily, you know, by the hour. Um, and I'm always 110% like my effort. And I, you know, what's, it's my last year. Like what's, what's another three months of hard work for the rest of my life? You know, same thing with powerlifting. This is, I know this is not the end of the road, but once I, once, once I pulled that deadlift and then we all got into those, you know, those award ceremonies. And I was like, this is, this is never going to happen ever again. Damn. And, you know, and, and I didn't tell myself, I'm never going to see these people again, because I, I, you know, the freshmen and sophomore groups were amazing, amazing kids. And they were very supportive and, you know, they, they respected everybody. And um, it was, it was one of those things where I'm like, this is, this is, it was a dream because I'm like, this is what we wanted in the beginning. Look at what it came to. Like, I just went around thanking everybody because I was like, this is huge. Like, it's crazy. And, and it was just kind of like flashback in my, like, my, like entire. it was kind of like I was dying. You know how people say when you die, yeah. like, you know, your memories. yeah, it was like that. And I was like thinking about every little, like monumental moment that had ever happened in my sh- very short three years here. And I was, I was just like, damn. Like it's done like but like i literally left on a super meet and yeah. a yeah. lot of people did and I, I left with my literally my best friends and it, it couldn't have done gone any better like i i don't it was definitely like i was like damn i don't deserve this man <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you seen the movie last samurai mm all right. So the last Samurai, he dies. Okay. Spoiler alert, but it's been out for 15 years. Dude, you gonna say
2: spoiler alert before you drop the spoiler.
0: well, <laughs> no, 15 years, dog. I, that was a sarcastic, but you're right. But it was, um, so uh, it's still worth watching. So when he's, the dude's dying, Akimoto, I think. And he's, he's like, he was writing a poem about his life and he did, he couldn't finish it. And then um, as he's dying on the battlefield, exactly how Samurai is supposed to die. He looks off into the distance. He sees a tree and all the birds uh, fly away. And he's like, and he's looking around and he's like, this, it's beautiful. This is all going to end. This was all going to end. And we knew it. And he goes, and I didn't know how it was going to end. This is exactly how I wanted it to end. And, um, and he, it's weird. how
1: uh like, like, it's a tough, man. what's that? It's just like that. That's it. People ask him like. I literally went to Starbucks today and the girl that was my barista or whatever was my teammate. Um, and she was, she's like, so how do you feel like after the win? And I just kind of like looked at her and I was like, I was like, damn bro. Like life is so beautiful. Like <laughs> you never take anything for granted. You're kind to everybody. You're supportive to everybody. You're respective, uh, respectful to everybody and you pay your dues, man. Like in the end, like it's all going to work out. Like life is so amazing. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't had it easy, but it's all about how you respond to things. And I was just like, I, I just can't, like, I can't put it into words. And like, that's why I wear my ring all the time, because I'm like, this means so much to me because it was such a life changing event. What you ring know, is that? Was, Sorry. This is a 2019 collegiates nationals. Um, so it was our first, my first taste of team victory. I like to say. Now, you know,
0: that's like, um, I, I fuck it, man. You know, people be like, Oh, you wear that around. It's like, it's, this isn't a braggadocious thing, man. This is a moment for me. This means something to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, some people don't get, it. I remember this one dude back in the days, a UFC champion, here's your boxing MMA reference, where he is bound to happen this episode at some point. <laughs> and, um, my man won the heavyweight championship of the world. He's like, for the first week I was rocking that thing at fucking grocery stores. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. This is a moment and I'm living life right now. And I just, I, I'm on a high and I'm not coming back down. But um, yeah, when you when you were in the midst of it at the competition, were you watching other people compete as well? Your teammates compete as well. And were you keeping, up to date on how you guys were doing and and were you in, were you like having emotions mixed with it knowing this was your last Nats? Or were you just, yeah, I gotta go in robot mode? Cause that's the catch 22. Is that trying to appreciate the moment and being present but also being like, I gotta go in robot mode and just do my thing and turn off.
1: Uh, It was a little bit of both. So like going into it, the way that the flights were set up, I'm not talking about flights during lifting, talking about flights, travel flights. Okay. Um, We went in groups and I have 18 credit hours. (laughs) I have a full schedule. Um, I have a full schedule plus an online class. And so I have seven classes. Okay. (laughs) Wow. And I, I, I do run the business and like, I'm a very, very busy guy. And for me, maybe it was different for other people trying to watch. I support my teammates too. And I, I'm when I'm there, I'm making sure I'm out there, you know, cheering everybody on, running back and forth, platform one, two, three. Um, but leading up to that point, I'm like, if I don't get all of my work done now, I won't be able to celebrate what's on the other end, because now I have to focus on, oh, I got to do this physics assignment. I got to do this nine page paper. So I was grinding that first day first two days before the comp. So I think I left on, I left on Friday. So, um, Wednesday and Thursday, I was literally at my computer sitting here clicking all day and doing all my client stuff beforehand. Um, you know, getting back to everybody. And so what I love to do, and, and maybe it's just cause I'm like, it, it kind of sucks. Cause I'm a 93 kilos. I'm literally split the weight classes. Like maybe quarter and so like I love watching everybody compete in person Uh, online it's just like like everyone needs to do what they need to do But I'm (sighs) focusing on me you know after I'm done competing like I will go out and do everything I can to support all my teammates um but I know but I I feel like that's the same for a lot of the lifters too is like they're, they're like not focusing on anybody else and what they're doing and what they're competing and like when are they doing it like you know let's just do this damn thing and in the end we can say what look at what you did like look what we did and celebrate and in the end i was just like after like robot mode like you said yeah. like i was like all emotional and i was like dude you guys are so awesome like, you guys are- <laughs> but like i um and it's really good to see all these first places because like, like i said since i was on a senior schedule um i had to lift by myself every day for the entire semester um, so, Oh, that's,
0: so why do, why, why is that that seniors don't lift with, um,
1: with the other lifters? So here's the catch. The people who are doing their own programming can't lift with the teammates because, and I completely agree with this is because it interferes with, um, the environment. So if yeah. I'm doing something different, no one knows what I'm doing. No one knows when to cheer or when to, you know, if everyone has the same percentage of the same sets and reps today, they know they're going to go batshit crazy when Johnny's over there squatting, you know, because yeah, they, they know it's heavy, but my programming is the same structure. It's just, I'm not doing the same thing. It's very personalized. And it's been like that forever. So, and I agreed with that, but what I did to make sure that I could see and be a part of this team is that after I lifted, um, I didn't do it every day, but as much as I could, I went to their practices and I supported them. I just walked around. And um, cause I was like, I want to be a part of, this is my last year. Like, I don't want to just like, that's selfish. You know what I mean? Like, I don't not, want only, to not only that, that man. mean, this, this
0: door is closing. Like you, you want to be involved. Like, like, yeah, I, said. And I know a
1: lot of these kids look up to me and they, yeah, and they want help and they want, they want, Hey, what's your opinion on this? And, you know, I want to be there for them. I want to be there to help them out in on their journey as well. I don't want to just be that kid that was like, Oh yeah, he's lifting by himself. He's like, no, I want, I want to be remembered as a kid that helped people out. Like that's what I want to do when you when you I noticed when you said he said I know these kids look up to me and you
0: you stutter for half a second these kids look up to me you know it's weird to say that and be like um fuck man these kids look up to me now like it's yeah. a, almost a realization of like because you were the junior the sophomore now you are the senior who's won national titles how different does that feel in a quick fast you came in year one two years later you're one of those guys that people are like can you help me out for a second Shane can you take a look at this and it's like
1: you know, so much
0: maturity and change from year one to year three.
1: Yeah. Because when I was a freshman, I looked up to all the other guys, no matter what, who they were or what their accolades were. I was like, guys have been here longer than me. Like, I don't know anything. I'm a freshman. I'm in a different state. It's my first year of college. Like, yeah. So I was, uh, but when, when I got to it, you know, kids were coming in recruits like all last year and this year are telling me like, dude, you like, you were like Shane Nutt. Like I was, I look just like I did the Joe Pena. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I, know. I know. Full circle, full circle. I, said, I know how that feels. And I was like, I gotta take advantage of this and make sure that those kids get um, the opportunity uh, for me to help them. Because if they don't have peers to look up to and for them to help, like that's, that's, a, that's something that they're missing out on. And it's not about me, you know? It, it, I gotta help them. And I knew that I, the one thing that I, like throughout all aspects of my life is when there's people out there and they don't help you. And when you have to, got to do things on your own, it's hard to learn stuff on your own. And you know,
0: like, look at it. These are teenage kids. First time away from home. It's a it's intimidating. Uh, you came in there's 20 people. They, they're coming in 70 people. You came in, there was a few stars. They come in. There's like social media influencers involved on the team. Now it can be very intimidating. So for an individual like yourself to show up, you're not even lifting. So you're not even worried about yourself if you're not lifting in that session that you show up and you're like, how's everybody doing? Now you like, it, it means yeah. something, man. It helps, man. Exactly. And, think, and like, dude, like I'm just another Joe, man. <laughs> like, I, I I remember there was a... Um, this one guy named Frankie Lyles, he moved to the crunk boxing gym. He left this, he left his parents. He was super young and, um, crunk gym. The head star was Tommy Hearns who had like fought Sugar Ray Leonard multimillionaire, like super uber famous. And he's hitting the heavy bag in the corner of the room. And he's like, I don't know anybody. This is Detroit downtown grimy, Detroit. He's like, I'm scared shitless. I don't even want to raise my voice too much. Cause someone might be like, your turn to hop in the ring, kid. You're sparring. He's like, I'm so intimidated. And, and you know, the weight room, it's still, it's an intimidated testosterone filled area as well. So he's hitting the heavy bag and he's like, I don't know if someone's going to come talk to me or if I just fucking play it myself. And of all the people, the first guy to break the ice to walk over to him, Tommy Hearns, he walks over and says, Hey kid, um, I'm having a barbecue this weekend. You want to swing by, have a couple beers and meet some of the people on the team? And he's like, holy shit, Tommy Hearns just came up and talked to me. And he's like, I was invited by Tommy. So I'm going to show up and everybody's going to be like, yeah, well, the kid's cool now, right? Like nobody's going to say nothing because this is Tommy Hearns, for God's sake. who invited him over. So it means more than you think when someone's there and, you know, if you walk in, you don't think nothing of it. But for that kid who's like, fuck me, if someone just kind of helps me out of here, talks to me, just break the ice a little bit. Well, there's Shane you know, 15,000 people following him. He's you're on all these, you know, the videos and whatnot. And you're like, Hey man, how you doing today? What do you got today? What are we doing? And just shoot the shit. It helps bro. Yeah. It helps man. especially when you're young away from your
1: parents and away from everybody, you know, you know, it, uh, yeah, I, want, I want to touch back on what you said to like, be the fly on the wall at middle university powerlifting. Like, yeah. Some of the people I've met here are some of the most wholesome, caring people you ever meet. And like, dude, don't, just because someone's good at something, just because someone's got a following, don't make any assumptions about that person. Whether they're they like a dickhead online, maybe they're just amazing people in person. That's rare. That's very rare. <laughs> but the, uh, the latter is, is 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 more than oftentimes true. Like people think they're like, oh, this guy's cocky or, you know, like that's why I like kind of like kind of away from social media as much just because I'm like, all this stuff, like, I'm, I'm too old for this, man, like, dog, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm 21 now, and I'm like, I don't want to, I, I don't care about the cloud, I don't care about this, like, I want people to meet me, and you're like, hey, that's Shane, like, I, like, this is, I want to meet people, like, this is, <laughs> and there's a lot of, like, I don't know, it's so artificial now, and it's just, like, it's just not the same, so. What do you, like, let's talk about that for a second, um, if first off, So
0: I don't, you never know when you have someone on the podcast, how they're going to be like, if they're a little shy, if they're a little dog, you are very personable, easy to talk to. And um, like, you know, so I know what you mean where, um, I mean, on social media, I didn't, I I would see your videos and whatnot, but I didn't know you'd be this personal, easy to talk to. I would, you don't know these things. So you're right in terms of like how good you can get along with somebody where someone else could be posting all the time. And then you meet them and you're like, okay, well, it may be you're a like, little different. damn, that guy's an asshole. Or, or or it's just, or it's, it's easy to post memes. It's different to talk in real life and be conversational. Yeah. And actually it's like, okay, I thought it'd be, we'd be laughing and kicking it, but it's actually a whole lot more difficult because you're just making posts where, but also you're 100% right. Some people on, so initially, when I was doing King of Lists like four years ago, um, I didn't see, the online personalities, whereas now there's personalities online. And I think you touched up on a little bit there, like not everyone's the same online as they are in real life. And um, I, you know, fuck man, I don't know. I, I battle with it on my own end. Sometimes I like, you know, there's nothing like, like, you know, uh, a showdown, a little bit of drama and there's not like a little bit of trash talk, but then there's also, you know, so there can be things where like the lot people get a little overzealous. And you get hit, you hit back verbally, not not literally. And, um, you know, things can get spiraling a little too far. And you're like, oh, shit, we we took it too far. And then yeah. I even feel in myself on King List where I'm like, I like to hype a showdown. And if you're like, I think I could beat this guy, blah, blah, blah. And it goes back and forth like that. I'll hype it. But then I'll feel bad if it gets too far. I'm like, fuck me. Did I have a part in that? You know, I'm like, ah, I didn't want that. I just want sports, you know, sports talks. So it's, it's a delicate it's a delicate yeah. thing, man. But that's in, yeah. again, using the Michael Jordan, he talks like it's, it's in every sport. This is sports, yeah. man. This isn't unique to us, but have you, you touch up on a little bit there and um, you've, you've stealthily avoided it, but some of your teammates are in, you know, like we talked about Austin was in the, the podcast with the four guys in the 74s and you know, it's, how do
1: you avoid it? Or do do you, how do you feel about it? I, man, I just like being, and, and it's just changed you know because people like people's definitions in their head change of being humble right like some people say humble is like like oh i i can be confident like me just being like i don't know something like russell said something like um people don't like my confidence or whatever and say i'm cocky well he's just like oh no i'm i'm just i'm just confident like you know yeah. i don't know i just don't think like to me humble is like it's like you don't have to post lifts and you don't have to you don't have to do all this social media stuff to show people who you are or to even i don't want to give kids the i don't want to give kids the wrong you know growing up that like you know what popular is is what how many followers you have or how many how many views you have how much weight you lift like that's 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 so wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in terms of like that's that's another tangent but like i think powerlifting in itself is almost like there's social media powerlifting and then there's powerlifters. You know, it's like it's like almost like they're in their own federation. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, I just hit this, just hit this uh world record with straps, uh, plates, uh, three times. You know, like, oh, yeah, like start flaunting that. I'm like, bro, why are you flaunting that? Because when you go to the competition, and it's 20 kilos lighter and you miss it, why? Like, and you're leading all of these people on, like, why would you do that? And I'm not saying like, I know people don't have access to comp specific stuff because there's a big difference between the two, but like, don't like, why would you post that? <laughs> why post? Oh, I just hit, I just hit 675. And then you go to the meet and you pull 620, 630. And it's just it's, like, I'm over that draw. Like, I don't want to be that guy.
0: <laughs> it's it's kind of like, um, are we training for a competition or are we posting for Instagram? Like, if we're training for a competition, does that help your training? And are you actually peaking towards a competition by doing stuff like that? Or are you doing things that have nothing to do with the competition anymore, and has everything to do with social media? And to your point, like, at the answer is obvious. Some people don't even compete anymore. You know, like there are people that are that that are straight up just like I'm, just fucking lifting for the gram entirely. They haven't compete. They I don't know if they're ever going to compete. It's
1: it's weird because like, all right, so like for programming, how I view singles, right? it is just a tool and it can, it can go wrong pretty fast, but it should just be a tool and people like I'll I'll like in the past, I'll like coach some kids like, yeah, when we're going to do singles. I'm like, where are you getting this bullshit from? (laughs) Like, listen, there's a, there's, there is a specific time where you need to have singles and and sometimes no one needs them at all. And you know, various case to case, whatever. But like, why, why is it an expectation when you coach some kid, or there's a new powerlifter in town on social media, they're always hitting singles. Always hitting singles. Like
2: the like, intensity it, of like, that hmm. baffles me as well, right? Like you know, you see people hitting singles every week at up nine, nine and a half, ten. Right. I'm like, that's it's not an effective training stimulus. Like, that's what are you what are you doing this for? Who are you doing this for?
0: It,
1: it, but some people, for some reason, they can hit RP ten singles. You know, RP yeah, ten isn't. I'm in, not saying like that's just end all be all, but I'm just right, saying like yeah. for kids who who have no like like from my coaching's perspective, you have no room to do that. Like, why would you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know.
0: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's a whole. It's this whole. It's developed, man. I, it's totally developed in the last few years. Um, essentially, when you start in 2016, but. Uh, yeah things are we're so much s- has happened in powerlifting in one year like think about 2016 that's crazy i don't know and last year has been crazier for some reason F- things feel different in the last year um since the covid lockdown and everything what's that rory where giving me gang signs for here. some
2: reason uh, i wonder uh, what yeah, happened well, in they- <laughs> the last 12 months man
0: <laughs> well no i like the lockdown um for sure but like with the cancellation of worlds and like, uh, it feels like the drama got so much thicker though. Like for sure, sh- obviously we had a lockdown in COVID. Oh, tension, man. I really tension, like there it is. I'm Thank you. Because
1: I'm like, That's the word.
0: Like-? That's the word. Like like, podcasts feel tense. Uh, exchange, I don't listen to a lot of powerlifting podcasts. Only again, the life, we're going to talk about the life balance a little further, but uh, the life balance, I have a podcast. I do King of Lifts, like it becomes too much, but I, I get clips of, i get told or just like interactions back forth and like it feels very tense like negative like i i got that in in the last year more so than ever there's been very tense man i I don't know what it is it's a weird on the podcast uh no i just mean
1: you know general like general general, i would say
0: general but i hear about like um, oh, this guy said that on the podcast and someone clapped back or so to speak. I'm not thinking of any specific situation. I just think as a whole, or even not even podcast, but in video, someone puts a video, even a YouTube video or something, they're talking shit about this, that, and the other, and then getting into the politics of it and it becomes very ugly. Or are like, we've always, you know why?
1: why is this? Yeah, go ahead. It's because people give way too many fucks about stuff that does not matter.
0: <laughs> there it and is. the
1: reason why that's happening is because people are, being put in a position where they're getting bored. They're not focusing on themselves. Like there's a lot of things they can't do anymore. They, they can't go do normal stuff. So that all that extra space in their head, they want to go put out their opinions, unsolicited advice, all this and that just to everybody. And they just give way too many fucks.
2: It might be it is the uh power equivalent of sexual frustration right like <laughs> this, nothing's happened for I, a year and yeah. everyone's just getting antsy like they're, they're picking at their beer bottle labels and that you know
0: it's it's that might be it man and because uh, in general our lives are are impacted like and i'm in ontario canada and we're straight up locked down we have like or for really locked down now He's we're they'll rations stop in the back and like a right dog I got I got a shotgun and shit. rations I got a shotgun and rations I'm waiting for the zombies to come bro I'm ready but um no I yeah it's for sure a lot more tense and people are little things get people real worked up and people are like out the throats and like I'm fucking people will like put posts like I'm getting sick of seeing this or seeing that or like going off and it's like is this a really a going off thing? Like powerlifting's a hobby sport. Let's relax a little bit here. Like, let's not get too worked about up about everything or going for the jugular. Or you don't have to, here's the thing. You don't got to clap back. Sometimes I just
2: like,
1: who cares? Why, like why waste your time, man? Yeah. Keep why it moving, bro. If
2: you're getting yeah. sick of seeing it, just, just stop looking at it. Like,
1: yeah, exactly. Not
2: that hard.
0: This is it. If you're sick of seeing it, you don't have to say um, I'm getting sick of seeing this because you're looking for attention. You're looking for negative attention. Yeah, no Using one gives a shit. <laughs> right, exactly. Your opinion you is not as- You fix it. Your opinion is not as valuable as you're telling yourself, essentially, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I also want to ask you about moving to 93 because you were a very small 93. Ended up being uh, I, I'm an amazing, I mean, it wouldn't have been as dramatic. Like everything worked out perfect, obviously. But going in, you wouldn't have known that. I mean, 89 kilo- you're quite a ways away from filling out and then filling out enough to do a little bit of a cut. Um, I mean, for a 93, what went into you making that decision And are you going full board going to thick out and, uh, you know, live that thick boy life <laughs>
1: and, and fill it out? So, so I'm going to start with, uh, collegiate nationals, 2020 and November, uh, Pennsylvania, um, my last 83 performance. So, um, I had never going to that meet too. I was going to pull for the win, and um, it was the same. it's like almost the same exact, you know, happenstance. But anyway, a lot. Of, no one really knows this, but I, I was cutting weight. I don't remember what I was weighing around. Maybe like one eighty nine. Walking around at night or whatever. Just so started my water cut call, Whatever. Everything was normal. Took that flight or early morning flight, and I'm like, you know what? I've had bad experiences with having to pee on planes. And when this, when this plane, when they say I can't get up or whatever, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do that shit. I'm not, I am not going to drink a gallon of water before I get on this freaking jet. And I ended up not doing that. And I ended up trying to catch up later in the day when we were drinking two and a half gallons of water and trying to down some salt, like it, it, that's rough. And you're already, I already have flight anxiety. So stress is really, really high. Uh, I'm already wondering what the heck I'm going to do with meat. Like, how am I going to feel, you know, everything to pre-meat, you know, everything. So I get there and, um, I was there a day before. And then that day I watched a couple kids lift and then I ended up weighing myself. And I was like, I don't know, two and a half kilos over oh. the night of, and I went in the next day at seven. Right. So I'm oh. like, ah, oh, this wire cuts not doing it. And like, I don't think I'm, I don't know. And so I'm telling my brother, I'm, I'm like, bro, like, I don't know about this, bro. Like um, so he's like, Well, start spitting. I'm like, I have been spitting. So what do you sitting think, two and a half like kilo anxiety. <laughs> I already don't I well, because I knew I was gonna have to sauna later, so yeah. I, or whatever. So I was like, I might as well just dehydrate myself right now. So because I was like, this is I'm already at the end of the line because I know based off my early trends, my my past trends, that I wasn't gonna float two and a half kilos that that's that's crazy. Um and so yeah that that went terribly wrong. I woke up. Um, I already don't sleep a whole lot before the night of a meet, like the last meet. I had four hours of sleep, and um, that's normal for me. And so I was like, okay, I woke up two two and a half hours of sleep. Woke up and I weighed myself two point two, and I was like, well, this is this is it. I said this is probably the lie of my head. I was already thinking about like, this is probably my last time because I can't do this anymore. <sighs> so I ended up running two miles 4 a.m i ran two miles i put on a bunch of clothes and i ended up sweating it off and i, I weighed i was fine but i ran two miles and i'm two hours to sleep yeah i did that competition and i was like no you know maybe i told antonino fazio the kid that i beat because he really really liked the competition that i, I brought to the table and um he he was begging me. He's like, bro, please stay in the eighty threes. I want to be. I want to go up against you again. Like, please give me another chance, bro. I'm like, I don't know yet, bro, because I'm like, I I I gotta. Once I'm done with the meat, I don't think about anything. I don't care. I haven't. I still haven't thought about my next meet. What I'm gonna do. I haven't set up tri- training yet. But yeah, side fact. I went home. December was winter break, and I was eating good. You know, the Dublin <laughs> family feeds me well. Okay. <laughs> But here's the thing. I wasn't really eating all that much more. All I did was when I went to change my training and I went to like, I literally just did like a bodybuilding specific training, uh, I'm no power building, I guess it was very lax. And I was in the gym two, two and a half hours every day, killing it, killing the accessories. And I got massive compared to what I was at. And I didn't realize I was like, oh yeah, I'm just putting on a good amount of muscle, same body comp. Yeah. Same really? fat percentage. And I'm like, dude, there's no way that I am 200 or 198 pounds. And I was just like 189. Like, there's no way I put on that much muscle. Don't, and like your body day, I'm pretty damn sure I did because I've been, I've been holding myself back for a while, man. Cause I've been, you know, rationing, like I only ate two to two big meals a day when I was in 83 prior to that November meet. And I was eating probably like 2000 calories but that, that, that did me well. It was good enough. Your body to...
2: was needing it at that point, right? Like you that hold yourself nothing. back long enough and you just. So,
1: exactly. So after that, you know, 12 week, 10, eight to 12 week mark of prep after that, my body was like, no, it's time to grow. And dude, I put on muscle like no other. And then I ended up diet still hasn't changed, man. I'm just, I eat intuitively, I eat very healthy. Um, I'm huge on nutrition and, um, so I, in terms of like, you know, bumping up after that, I was like, yeah, this is it. And I was really excited. I was like, I don't have to worry about a weight cut. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to feel and recomping yeah. after weigh-ins or, or nothing like that. And I, and my brother was hyped for me too. Cause he's like, dude, you haven't done a meet since like 2016 when you had not cut. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be nutty, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, <That's, laughs> dude, <that's... laughs> That's gonna so, be duddy yeah. So, I, I eat uh, I eat pretty normal now in terms of like I don't track anything really. I eat portions, same stuff every day, not the same stuff every day. Um, but you get what I mean. Yeah. And, um, in terms of like moving up, man, into this competition, I didn't want to like, oh, I'm gonna go 5,000 calories, 4,000 calories. Yes, you're gonna get something in, in a metabolic rate, like it. it in, in terms of like performance yes all those extra calories help with with nutrients and recovery but i feel like there's a, there there's this very fine line to the point where it's like okay now you're just going to add fat and kind of like dysfunctional weight in terms of being a powerlifter. yeah so like i i just kind of like maintain i was I stayed a state at a caloric you know increase or, so i was like constantly over i was probably like three thousand calories so i was eating good and Man, I was like, there's no point for me to to stuff my face. Like, I'm just going to get fat. Like, why not just like, this is my body weight. My, my IPF score is going to go up. I've reached the top of where my nutrients can help me and I'm lean and I'm just constantly like slowly adding weight. And I think that's like one of the best ways to do it. So I'm not going to go on any crazy bulk. You know, as long as I'm getting that performance threshold to reach and I'm not adding fat, I'm going to keep gaining weight slowly in a full muscle.
2: Just for so, reference, how tall are you, Shane?
1: I'm five nine. Same. So almost, I don't know, maybe five ten, almost five ten, whatever. That's what, I, that's that's what my I tell driver license says. That's <laughs>
2: 176 and like real numbers. Yes. Oh, 176 yeah,
1: 176 Yeah, 176. Yep. I I, I know that just because uh a guy across seas asked me that this weekend. So
0: oh, I was going to say, how the hell do you know that Shane? Uh, I, you know, in Canada, we have it on our driver's license in centimeters. I'm like, what the hell does this even mean? But um, so you, and you spoke, so you, you moved up and you're going to slowly start bulking out onto that. Um, and I, I know what you mean where it is a balance when, like if the calories, you get energy from them, but there is an access of it. And if it just starts turning to body fat and it is like, in terms of it's diminishing gains, isn't it? Where you're like, I could smash 5,000 calories, but there's only so much more extra energy I'm gonna get until I'm just bulking on fat. And I don't get them extra energy when I hit into the gym, you know, and it's gonna be- A little performance increase window. And then right after that is fat. Right, right. And you're like, I don't feel good about this. And I'm lifting weights, not just for sport. I got to fill out for my weight class, but there's also life, right? There's yeah. life balance, which leads us to our, our over- under- overrated, underrated. Wow. Like I've done this before. Like our overrated underrated game. Um, cause my brother's giving me the let's start rock and roll with the drinks young man. But, um, <laughs> so here's a good overrated underrated. We were in the DMS chatting and you were saying, and this is fucking perfect for your story. Let's talk about this life balance. Cause we see a lot with athletes, um, talking about and it's to a large extent glamorized obsessed I'm obsessed with with this sport we hear about my
1: Willink like, voiced right right you have to be obsessed right there
0: it is um
1: <laughs> uh,
0: by my
2: yeah.
0: right I mean look at uh and it's 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 motivational at times like you see some some of the the biggest stars talk about how obsessed they were when they were coming up and you, you know, waking up in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and there's whatever sport they're involved, like Wayne Gretzky as a child, all the way through Michael Jordan, name it, you know, you, Tom Brady, they're obsessed with it. But when you hear the interviews and see the documentaries, they talk about how, listen, some of these guys, like, man, I got family members who don't talk to me no more. Some of these guys have kids that were like, dad, you weren't around. Like you, there's a, there's a, There's a balance on it. And even if you weren't that obsessed, there becomes a point where you're not present. You're not, you know, you need some balance in your life. And this is where I want to talk about the overrated, underrated. Um, Like when you were saying, let's throw this out there for the overrated, underrated. And I'm like, this is, this is a good topic. It's relevant. How overrated, underrated do you think being obsessed with it is to actually be like, this is my everything. I am hyper-focused coming into these nationals.
1: Do you think that's overrated or underrated when you read that from lifters? You know, I'm a, I'm a person to person kind of guy. So like, is this? it depends on their situation. And when I always talk to my clients, I say, what are your priorities? People have different priorities, right? So like what I prioritize, say someone says I prioritize 75%, um, 75% lifting. And then the other percentage is, This is the other thing, you know, my wife, my kids, my, and they're totally fine with that. And they, they function off that fine, have healthy relationships and same thing with me. I have, you know, my own priorities. Now, when I think where that gets messed up is obviously like when you start lacking in multiple different facets of life, because powerlifting, like you said before, is a hobby, it should be adding to your life. It should be fun. It should be enjoyable. It should be hard. It should be a lot of good things. And, but the bad things shouldn't stay for longer than a couple of days, maybe hmm. max. And I think, you know, when people get, I'm going to start with two different kinds of people. There's people like me who with my mindset is that I have, I want to juggle multiple things. You know, I have my own business. I, um, you know i'm a powerlifter i'm a full-time student and i'm f- with my mindset and with what i want to do i want to make sure that i'm not just succeeding in one facet of life because like why like why, why would you want to just like be good at powerlifting and then flunk out of college Flunk out of like i want to be good at everything i want to be good at make sure that everything that i do is to my best of my ability because i can't live with myself that's a good level of obsession to have it is because you're going to be forced to change priorities over time because the way that things line up in your life so like clients sorry this week i'm not going to get back to you as much you know why i'm going to honestly tell them i'm like this is my week this is the last week i'll ever get to spend with my collegiate powerlifters the kids i've been with for three years and they understand that but when people get too much time on their hands i too and maybe it's just and it's a trend you see in younger kids where they don't have priorities you know their priorities are just pastimes and things that they you know whatever and they they're not forced to have that yet and i feel like they get overly obsessed but when they carry that into when they actually have priorities real priorities should go south like really bad your mental health is garbage you your self-worth is is completely dependent on whether you hit this deadlift single rp7 today um, so on and so forth. And, you know, I've heard some stories from some, some people, um, you know, like I, oh, I, I missed, you know, me and my girlfriend broke up. I missed, uh, I missed my, my niece's, um, wedding or my niece's birth or, or whatever, what, you know, it's just like crazy stuff that like powerlifting should not be in the way of that. And they, and the reason why they're talking to you about it is because they had their priorities mixed up. Mm at the time so my spiel is is like align your priorities right and don't be don't be just completely lopsided in those priorities you should balance those and make sure that everything's getting the attention that they need and it shouldn't your life shouldn't be dependent on powerlifting or any sport for that me. doggy first
0: off for 21 you're fucking mature as hell but, <laughs> but um you're very well spoken to, but you're a couple things that hit up a, yeah. She that girl that broke up with the boyfriend because he missed the birth of, Oh, for a meet. Yeah. Probably she made the right decision. That guy's, that guy's not making good. Um, B I loved when you said, if you're upset more than two days for something like, like a powerlifting meet or missing a PR or whatever, you're too, you're too obsessed. Two days. That's it. Sulk for two days. But if it's a week later and you're still going on, you need to you need to step back because you lost a week of your life. What ha, what happened yeah. that week that you weren't present for? What was it? What happened in the job? What happened when you're sniffing another? You weren't present. What for? happened to the opportunities that you could have created right. or right. taken hold of? Too much, too much. Right. Um, yeah, fuck man, you had some good points there. I was about to come in heavy with like, okay, here's my counterpoints. You know, try <laughs> beating a guy who's upset. Obs- look, I get. I think. Look, for, I'm going to say it's overrated. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. But what I'll say is. If I, tr- it's right when guys like, like some of these MMA guys, boxers, whatnot, when they talk, like I read tons of their autobiographies and they say like, they were so obsessed. You got to kill me when I get in that ring. You're going to have to kill me if you want to beat me. Those people are so difficult to beat, but and on that's, the flip- that's,
1: that's kind of healthy though, because it's not saying like, you're going to take my wife and kids first. That's fucked up. for one. <laughs> but you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I will
0: step over my children to beat you. No. um, But you can't enter the ring with that mentality without having done some major sacrifices
1: in your personal like life said, too. Unfortunately, you, And I completely agree. Like there's a very thin line. But the- what I would say, what I was going to say to that though, is <laughs>
0: what I was going to say that though, is in the sport, they will be extremely hard to beat. Congratulations. If it's powerlifting hockey, MMA, boxing, whatever that b- basketball, Jordan, extremely hard to beat. Congratulations. So yes, if you're that obsessed where you got to have to kill me, sure. But then when you follow them around in that documentary and they have sons that don't talk to them and they have, and now they're like 40s, 50s and they're fucking a different man. And you're looking back with regret being
1: like, it was a fucking sport. Here's the other thing. I'm so obsessed with being successful that I'm so obsessed with the other facets of my life because I know they're going to compliment me and make sure that my goal happens. People don't see that. Yeah. You know, if I didn't give enough time to Chloe or my friends or the team, dude, I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. People don't to see To me, that.
2: the line is where people's identity is tied up in one aspect of who they are. Like when you're, when you're self-identifying as high on Rory Lynch, the 105 kilo bench press, so, you know, my Instagram handle is rory.105.benchpress or something like that. And that's the only part of my life that's important like that's, that's too obsessed, right? Like when it's, yeah, I'm a bench presser, but also I hop on a podcast with these guys and guys and hang out. I like to read, I wrote a book, I coach a bunch of clients, I got a day job, you know, all of that stuff. Like that's, that's a healthy amount of connection with something. And if you want to see someone be, be like a really broken shell of a human, you find someone who is entirely has their entire personality or their entire ego wrapped up in one aspect of their life. And then you take that away from them. You know, the person who is, I am, you know, I'm the best squatter in the world or whatever it is and they hurt their knee and they can't squat for six months. Like that person then spirals into like yeah. the the depths of depression. Right. And then powerlifting is no longer adding to their life. it's becoming this enormous stressor and there's nothing else that they can relate to. And probably, probably no one else that they can relate to anymore because because that's all gone
0: for sure dog yeah that yeah there's yeah, another one yeah if your identity is wrapped up into that or if i took that away from you and you have to start asking yourself who am i ah, you're too deep you're too deep
1: there's one thing people always i think older people always tell me this i don't know how old so don't you know if you say this to people what happened if the internet disappeared what's that what if they, oh if the, internet, happened happened in the internet disappeared what are they were like yeah no no i wouldn't say internet social media I,
0: listen, I power lifted before the social media boom. And, um, it was, t- I did, you didn't even, you showed up a competition. You didn't even know who people were until you saw them. You're like, Oh, I, I just saw your name. And on the like like results pages, I didn't even know what the guy looked like or anything. Oh, that's what he looks like. Like nobody was an influencer. Nobody
1: was. Anything. That's what happened when I got into powerlifting. Cause I went to 2017 World nationals and I didn't, I don't know near nearly as many people as I do now in the powerlifting community but I'm not gonna name names just for the sake of this person, but they came up to me and I didn't know them at the time. And I still like, I'm still like, she's irrelevant to me about it. She's like, yeah, like you, she's talking to my brother. She's like, you don't, yeah, I'm, I'm so-and-so. And, and then Justin's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My, bro, my older brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she, I, I, she introduced herself to me and she's like, oh, you don't know me? I'm so-and-so's. I was like, what? first person i i probably like ever met in powerlifting and she's she's not a lifter but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna drop names just because i'm not about that but okay but she was she was semi-offended you didn't know who she was or yeah i'm not i I can't dude i can't drop names because it was so long ago but like (laughs) see how much that sticks with people
0: yeah you're right that that was that was 2017 you're right be careful when you come off like that because it gives people those impressions right yeah it's true and I
1: didn't and I was like I shrugged it off when I was that age I was 17 and I was like you know whatever like maybe I should know this person <laughs> but now that I look back at it you know as a man now I'm like what the hell like that is bizarre No, and, she she and, yeah. and she's she, I mean, if I dropped named, you would know who it was like, there's no like, any Oh man. I, I maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll message you guys separately. I was going to say,
0: you got to, you got to DM me. Yeah, <laughs> I can't say it though. Yeah. Oh, that's juicy. So Rory, I'm saying overrated Rory. You over, you're saying it's overrated too, sir. Yeah. Shane, okay. let me, let me say something. So I gotta, I gotta get this going and start drinking with my brother here, but dude, I absolutely loved having you on this podcast and I got to have you back. Like I, honestly, if I wasn't at the family cottage about to do what I'm about to do, um, this bad boy can run three hours. It probably could. You're probably an could. easy dude to talk to. You are very introspective, and you got a good, um, outlook on you know period. Like I, I'm, so, you're very mature for 21, my friend. I was be not beautiful. nearly as mature, but you can articulate the way you feel about things too. Um, yeah, very refreshing, sir. Sure, I'm glad we had you on this podcast, and I got to get to know you, my man. Yeah, just very grateful for the opportunity, guys. Uh, door is always open, my man. Um, Rory, and, and also Shane, let people know how they can get a hold of you guys uh, for coaching online. Go ahead, Rory. You can go
2: first. Uh, yeah, you can hit me on Instagram, uh, Rory Lynch, uh, R-A-W-R-Y-L-Y-N-C-H, um, or website as SisyphusStrength.com. Uh,
1: Mine is... Um, at the deadlift nut, and it's not only for coaching inquiries. If you have any questions about anything, let me know. There it is, gentlemen. Much
0: appreciated. Um, everybody, sorry for my cottage internet connection, but it is what it is. We will keep in touch. Shane, good luck with everything, Rory. Thank you for jumping on, my friend, on the weekend. No less, much appreciated, buddy. Take care, have a good one, guys.